This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, April 14th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. What we now know about the scale and uses of surveillance of everyday Americans is truly chilling. There appears to be some movement toward ending a great deal of that surveillance. Patrick Eddington, a policy analyst in Homeland Security and Civil Liberties at the Cato Institute, evaluates proposals for scaling back surveillance now on the table. We've recently learned that the DEA, years before 9-11, almost a decade before 9-11, had its own uh, method for collecting phone calls, primarily uh, phone calls between the U.S. and foreign governments that covered 100 countries. And what does that tell us with respect to terrorism and acts of terrorism that uh, may occur in the United States? Well, I, I think it's quite the statement uh, on that particular program that you're referring to, which began actually during the uh, very late days of the George Herbert Walker Bush administration back in 1992. It, it's quite the statement on the program that it apparently had essentially no impact on the drug war, <laughs> had no impact ultimately uh, in stemming the flow of, of drugs into this country. But it also ultimately served essentially as a template for what would ultimately become this Section 215 of the Patriot Act telephone metadata program uh, and also probably some of the other programs that we don't even know about. And that's the other thing to kind of point out about this USA Today story from uh, earlier here in April is that this entire thing was not on anybody's radar screen. I certainly not, had never heard of it. I, I've encountered no one uh, in the civil liberties community up to this point that had heard of, of this specific program for this period of time. And that just raises questions about all the other programs that may be running out there uh, surveillance-wise that we have no clue about right now. All right. So uh, given that and what we now know about uh, the National Security Agency and uh, other intelligence agencies' activities uh, that only came to light in the last two years, what is Congress prepared to do now? Well, that is uh, kind of the question of the hour on June the 1st, 2015. Three specific provisions of the Patriot Act are set to expire unless Congress acts before then. And the actual deadline is more like May 21st because after May 21st, uh, the House and Senate are going to be on what we call the district work period for the Memorial Day uh, uh, recess, which is a more accurate way of putting it. So those three provisions are out there looming, and uh, we know that the House and Senate Judiciary Committees are currently working on some kind of draft. Uh, but there are some members of Congress who are not remotely satisfied with the status quo, and they've introduced separate legislation called the Surveillance State Repeal Act, or H.R. 1466, that would literally get rid of both the Patriot Act and the FISA Amendments Act, which was passed in 2008, pretty much in their entirety. So you would go back to, uh, from the perspective of the bill's sponsors, a genuinely constitutional framework for conducting any kind of surveillance against potential foreign threats to the United States. The Patriot Act, as we learned uh, after it became law, one of those things we had to pass it to to see what was truly in it, um, we learned that this was a, a standing list of uh, police and intelligence agency wishes that had existed for some time, and many of them didn't directly relate to the specific threats that uh, the United States faced. Decades. Some of these things have been on the wish list for decades. And former uh, House member Ron Paul, you know, made that point over and over again during the fall of 2001 when the Patriot Act was being debated, that 
This is a whole series of things that law enforcement had been trying to get for ages and had been denied because folks had expressed extreme concerns about the potential for abuse. And as we now know, those concerns were completely well-founded. Where does that stand now? So the Surveillance State Repeal Act um, is picking up co-sponsors uh, as we speak. The, the big question now really becomes one of time. It becomes the clock because we are now literally in mid-April and the Congress is going to have to act on those Patriot Act provisions. The question is whether or not the sponsors of the Surveillance State Repeal Act will be able to find a way to leverage the bill and those supporting it in order to force the leadership to actually improve whatever legislation is ultimately brought to the House floor. It's my belief that as things stand right now, these three Patriot Act provisions would stand no chance of actually passing uh, and, and being reauthorized. Certainly the Section 215 program would not be. And so the question that's going to play out now, it's going to be very interesting to watch over the next four to five weeks, is whether or not the, the, the Republican leadership in the House is going to be able to muster enough votes for their own proposal uh, to actually kind of put this issue to rest for, for a period of time. I recall, I believe it was at the end of 2012 when some provisions of the Patriot Act were set for repeal and in many over many conversations with Julian Sanchez, it's we're going to have hearings, we're going to have hearings, we're going to have hearings and oh, now the clock is ticking on whether or not we re reauthorize these specific provisions. Uh, law enforcement intelligence agencies say, you, you let these expire and we will be flying blind, yeah. that we will be unable to uh, provide the kind of uh, in, intel that uh, we need in order to prevent uh, terrorism from uh, occurring uh, within the United States. And is, is that something that's likely to be a, an attempt by uh, leadership in the House and Senate? Well, it's really interesting. Um, on the 14th and 15th of, of April 2015, um, there are going to be a couple of classified briefings in the House of Representatives uh, on this Section two, uh, 215 provision. And the House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunez put out what's known as a dear colleague to, to everyone in the House, basically saying that it's going to happen on this time and this date. And by the way, this is not an attempt to defend the program, but they're bringing in people, uh, their own experts, to quite literally defend the program. This is even though the president's own review group on surveillance technologies found the Section 215 program to be completely worthless. The Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board found there was no actual legal basis for the program, which is the, also the conclusion uh, that Judge Richard Leon of the U U.S. District Court reached back in December of 2013 when he actually ruled this provision unconstitutional. And that particular case is still grinding its way through the appeals court process now. What often happens with federal programs uh, that have no clear constituency except for the government itself, um, I'm thinking of uh, Viper teams uh, specifically that have shown no efficacy uh, as far as we can tell. Uh, the question within Congress then becomes, well, what if we don't have it? What if we don't have this thing that's never been shown to work? And then it's a, 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 a weird debate where your rights uh, may be compromised by the continuation of a program that's never been shown to do anything. And for me, this also goes back to the entire issue of why 9-11 happened, right? I mean, when the debate over the Patriot Act was taking place in those weeks immediately after the attack, um, folks in the intelligence and law enforcement community at the federal level were saying, we need these authorities, we need these authorities. It was rushed through in a climate of fear and haste. 
And the reality is, as we found out from the Congressional Joint Inquiry in 2002 and then two years later from the 9-11 Commission, it had nothing to do with, with collection shortfalls. Everything that ultimately everything that ultimately produced the 9-11 failure came from internal failures in the intelligence community to actually share the data they had on hand. That's where the 9-11 Commission got their, you know, failure to collect the dots phrase. So the idea that somehow a Viper team is going to prevent a shooting at, at Los Angeles International Airport, which it didn't in November of 2013, um, just, I think, underscores this idea that this constant carping on, on security, 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 it is literally an illusion. And, and the more money we pour into these kinds of programs and, and the more childlike faith that we continue to have in their efficacy only helps to ensure still more lives are lost down the line and that more money is squandered in the process. Patrick Eddington is a policy analyst in Homeland Security and Civil Liberties at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.